welcome back to Drag Time with Hecklina. And uh, it's me, Hecklina. We are back. I'm going to tell you exactly what I've been up to. But first, let me introduce our very special guest. This is somebody that I'm incredibly familiar with. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, she's probably the one of the first people I met when I moved to San Francisco over 30 years ago. Uh, and I worked, uh, I know, very, very, yeah. And uh, we were co-partners with, uh, we owned Oasis together. We started doing theater together and she is the busiest drag queen I know. Give it up for Darcy Drollinger. Hi, Darcy. Hi, Aquilina. Oh my God. So, um, you know, right before we went to record, we were talking about the dreadful, uh, new sequel or, or whatever you want to call it to Sex in the City. So one thing people might not know is that Darcy and I started doing theater together at a bar that you, nobody remembers. Probably it was called Rebel, and we did Sex in the City, and it was already we were already making fun of it back then. But uh, what do you think of and just like that? Oh my God! Just tell I me. Think, I think it's killing the legacy of the show you yeah know, i think so because too. as much as we were making fun of it there was also a lot of love for it you know it, it it was sort of the first of its kind and it in a way it spoke to what middle-aged women were talking about um at the time and it did feel edgy and now it feels dreadful and they're like they're basically you know, 53, 54, 55-year-olds, and they're acting like they're 80. Yeah. You know, they've dumbed them down to this point where these sort of cool women, even though Carrie was such a narcissist, um, have such these these kind of cool, strong women have now just become, you know, scared little Karens. Especially Miranda. I mean, what they've done to, to that character. I mean, I stopped watching when Miranda was at the stand-up show of that uh -huh. trans, the trans character. And yes. Miranda Miranda was watching it like, wow, oh my God. <laughs> like it was so re revelatory to her. And I was like, you gotta right. be, this, is, this is a woman who's lived in New York for like 30 years and she goes to a mediocre stand-up show. And it's life changing for her. Anyway, whatever. So also, also, they're all really rich. They like Carrie has three huge apartments. How? Because so, well, she married big, and he died, and she got all his money. Right, right, okay. And it's just like, and then she buys another apartment, doesn't like it, so then she just goes back to her old apartment, but still has the other two apartments, and they all have, they're all millionaires, and they've removed themselves outside, way outside of the parameters of like being, you know kind of everyday women. Well, just so you know, everybody out there, there's much better things you can be watching uh, on, on there's so much good TV right now. There's no reason to watch and just like that. Um, but okay, so in fact, this is all about you, Darcy Drollinger. So, uh, well now, now that I'm saying it's about you, let me tell, talk about me for a second. <laughs> so I sold my share of Oasis uh, during the pandemic. I just did Golden Girls with you in December. And um, you're incredibly busy. What's going on at Oasis right now and, and with you? Well, Oasis, we had to shut down during um, New Year's because everyone got the Omnicrom. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a little bit PTSD, mm -hmm. having to close again. But we got reopened and it took a couple of weeks for people to um, start coming back. But they're coming back. And as of... 
uh, February 16th, the mask mandate is being lifted in San Francisco. And, um, you know, people still have to show Vax cards, but they don't have to wear masks anymore. So Amazing. Amazing. I'm very, very happy. Very, uh, very happy. Oh, my God. I know. Um, and uh, so you're you had your movie going on. You have stuff, at a, you have theater at Oasis. So what, what's the programming at Oasis? Are you going to be doing any shows there personally? Are you personally well, going to be performing? I am not doing a ton of performing right now because I am working on writing my new script, which is a sequel to Shit and Champagne called The Temple of Poon. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to film it in um, in the summer, so I am uh, I'm busy working at that. But I'm doing little things. I'm going to host the Sondheim tribute night, and I am uh, hosting the a, a watch party for one of those drag rave spinoffs, Ugh. UK versus the world, which is it's a little maddening to watch right, right, those yeah. things. Um, and uh, you know, we've got some other fun stuff. Um, we just had Coco Puru was here, and she was amazing as always. Such yes. a gem. She started her new show, and um, we've got some other fun stuff coming up. We've got a little throwbacks, pastel gores, which is kind of a fantasy goth drag show, and we've got reparations, and we've got princess, and we've got your pageant coming up, Star Search. Wow! So this, uh, it's it's just like I remember, just constantly moving forward and and just constantly booking stuff. But before you go on to Temple of Poon, I feel like uh, you know your uh, your touring with Shit and Champagne probably got a little bit fucked up because of the pandemic. And for and for people who don't know out there if you didn't know darcy released a feature film in september 2020 right in the thick of covid um and uh shit and champagne the synopsis is after her fiance rod and her half-sister brandy the world-renowned calf model are both brutally murdered champagne horowitz jones dickerson white a divorcee an exotic dancer from the wrong side of the tracks uses all the right moves to single-handedly take on the largest sex drug and back-to-school clothing ring in the country all right um so uh, I was at a party recently and we put on Shit and Champagne uh, and we were wa- everybody was kind of watching it and it, it, it just looks amazing, even on the small screen. Are, are you going to tour any more with it? Well, you know, I would love to when things get back open. I think it would be really fun to tour with it and, you know, if it's one or two nights and even do some little pre-shows um and make it an event film because i feel like it's a much it's a much stronger film to watch with people you know um so yes that's definitely on on the agenda and um and you know you can stream it right now on amazon prime or on apple tv but and that's great you can watch it in your living room but i really think people are going to have a lot more fun watching it with other people so yes now that things are opening up again and it's making sense to do that i think i will good i, I feel like it didn't get its due uh attention on the on the festival circuit um agreed agreed yeah. so tell me uh, so, uh, People are always going on about San Francisco and the state of San Francisco. Tell me how you feel about how things are uh, in San Francisco now. Well, I mean, obviously, I have a a love-hate relationship with some of the economics and the politics of, of what's going on. But, 
you know, it's going to be a real slow climb out of here. I mean, things are coming back. You know, people do want to go out, uh, especially uh, the younger generation. Um, uh, but there are you walk around downtown and there's just so many boarded up businesses that, that I just don't know what the incentive is to come back. So, you know, the sun is shining. Spring feels like it's in the air. I definitely think there's going to be a burst of life when when it's warm and everyone can sort of get the, the semblance of their life back. But it's going to take a long time. And I mean, I'm so used to the rug getting pulled out from under us. I don't trust that this is going to be the last time we're in masks, but I'll take what I can get. Yeah, you're right. Like the PTSD is or is a real thing. It's super real. It's um. It's now that things are starting up again for me, I'm, I'm moving forward as if things are not going to be canceled. So I'm sure you're the same way. You just have to. Well, uh, I was I was very happy to see Snacks working on the the graphics for the reno trip yes 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 Um, that's great yeah i mean so yeah i guess now that we're talking about you let's talk about me um (laughs) once again so yes i I am going to uh i I, you know even though i sold my stake of oasis i'm I'm still very much involved in performing there and uh i'm going to be doing yeah my first ever kind of actual show show um my Your grand, grand opening. My grand opening. Um, and uh, yeah, let's uh, tell tell us about what 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 we can expect in that <laughs> show. <laughs> this is the interview. <laughs> this is a Darcy Drollinger interview. But, uh, Turn the tables. I know. Uh, basically, it's going to be an, a story arc. I'm going to talk about. I'm going to open with uh, some stuff about moving away from San Francisco and coming back, and then uh, the first act will be where I do welcome. Um, some old friends and I have a little segment with Matthew Martin and I'm going to do some stuff about golden girls. And then the second act is going to be um, a little bit more like uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I've been dabbling in the, in the occult and the dark arts and I'm going to do an on stage uh, seance Ouija board set a session. <laughs> and I'm going to try to bring meatloaf and people into the, um, into the show that way and you know lots of interesting things lots of people lots of people have died that i want to communicate with so um anyway it'll be interesting you should sell this that it will be an occult situation (laughs) i don't know about that yet (laughs) i'm still writing it so but but i do want your reaction to uh, these acts that are booked at your club uh so first of all what do you think about miss pac-man oh my god love miss pac-man and, you know, it is, I'm so glad to have them back. It's, I remember when we first had them, it was a real battle to get people to come out for the show. And it's, it's, I, I want people to believe that, that they can trust us with what we're curating. But um, this one is, is, is so, so unique. If, if they, yeah, if, if people don't, if people don't know it from RuPaul's Drag Race, Sometimes they, they don't want to get Ugh, that. Makes me crazy. It is. It's insane. Uh, and then what, what, what is Le Drag's hot? What's that about? That is just, that's a little cute, cute casuals, um, sort of artsy uh, drag show that happens in the front room. You know, we've redone the front room and put, I wanted to make it look like Zsa Zsa Gabor. You know, living room. It's very Madonna in pink curtains and chandeliers. And so it's a little more of a sit down early evening drag show. Okay. 
Uh, what do you say to people like me who criticize you and say that you're always, you always keep too busy? What, what do you have to say to people like that? <clears throat> Come help me. <laughs> <laughs> um, why, I mean, why do you? Why, oh, why, Darcy? Because uh, I've known you for several, many years now. And every, yeah, year, yeah. every year, every year you say you're going you're gonna to ease off a little bit and be a little bit less busy. Do you like it? Because I, because I'm just going to say, I remember having this conversation with you when I decided to sell my stake in Oasis. I said, I hate being this busy. I uh, life is too short, and, and you were like, "Yeah, life's too short." But then a week later, you were like, "You know what? I think I want to buy Oasis from you." Guys. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yes, um, you know everything sounds good on paper. Uh-huh. You know, really, it is. I think that you know a little bit. I'm I'm learning to navigate mm-hmm. through it, but I get too excited about something, and I can't. It ended up not being able to not do it, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it is a problem. I mean, it is also how things get done. Sure. But, but I will say that I sacrifice having much of a life um, mm-hmm. because of it. So now this year, I'll have you know that um, I, I was pretty much forced out of not doing any major shows until the end of the year by um by my by my employees because they they feel the same way as you do right so you know i'd be i'd be prepping a show right now and i and and we really needed to get the club back up on its feet and and if i'm gonna try and make a movie too and go on our golden girls tour and all the good stuff that there there's only so much so i i am trying i right. swear i swear okay. I am. and 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 you know i went on vacation i went on vacation and for six days I did not check my email. Oh, and good I, for and you! It was amazing. I can't remember. And and my fabulous crew at Oasis, you know, took care of everything. And um, I felt very lucky. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Look, this can happen. I could step away just a little bit and focus on something else, and or get trust, you know trust. Just, Trust yes. issues, trust issues. But uh, speaking about your staff, uh, you know, they, they they do say that, you know, you can't find good help lately. But I've, I noticed that you do have a bunch of loyal people uh, running things or helping yeah. helping you run things behind behind the scenes. Yes. And uh, they're all they're mostly primarily women. Uh, so you have a staff. Snacks does a lot of stuff. Lisa Frankenstein does a lot of stuff. Sophia Craven, um, you know, like, do you do you have the? Uh, you obviously do have people uh, that work behind the scenes that you can trust. Can they run everything for you? <laughs> well, you, you know what? No way. So that is that. That's my ultimate goal. I think we're you know we're getting closer to that situation. Yes, mm-hmm. I do employ a lot of a lot of women and and femme presenting people yes um um but you know looking around our staff meeting today i feel like it's a pretty good balance i've got you know equal men or or male presenting folk as well so Mm -hmm. i feel like it's it's a pretty 50 50 but i do i do find that i work really well a lot of times with women and um i i don't know why that is but i but there is a i think it's 
it is uh, part of the way women's minds problem solve. Yes. That I really connect with. And, you know, <clears throat> I feel like I've got that little bit of a lady mind, too, where I'm into problem solving. Yeah. Not um, to, uh, yeah, not, not to, not to generalize, but they do seem to be more, uh, grace under pressure i i don't know like uh the like like especially like sound people that, that i worked with at oasis the guys never could seem to hack it you know and they always they always ran out they always ran off in tears you know but so. yeah they're, they're all they're all great and i look mm -hmm. i feel like everyone you know as we've been we've had to sort of rebuild the business in some new ways as it's been you know taken over by new people and how things have changed in the world. And so I think over time and, and some things, you know, I didn't really know how to do cause I didn't do them when we were all in business together. So we've had to figure out how to do stuff together. And I think now that people are starting to, you know, I've got most of the roles filled and people are understanding them and we're putting protocols in place. I do think that I can, um, be able to step away a little bit more. You know, I still really care about it and I have like specific things I want. And I know that like, you know, my fantasy is my fantasy is being, you know, the queen that's there every night greeting people and, you know, shutting it down. And, and I just know that's, I mean, I would be that, fried. That was what we discussed when we bought the place together. Do you remember? I know, I, we're I like, do. you were like, yeah, we're going to be in drag every night. We'll be hosting things, welcoming people into the. But then, but then I found myself, <laughs> I found myself un, unplugging, unclogging toilets, and uh, you know stuff like that. So yeah, it, it didn't end up being that way. <laughs> sure, and it's just a grind if you have to do all the other stuff. You know, yes, there's a yes, lot of yes. other stuff to do, but. You know, it is, I, I sometimes get really frustrated and then I look around and think that, you know, here we all are putting on makeup and wigs and high heels and running around entertaining people. That is, that's my office and that's my job. And, and that is pretty lucky. And, and it's also amazing that, uh, you know, because of course I have an intimate relationship with running Oasis. And uh, it is amazing that, that you have still held on to this big nightclub with many moving parts. It's, it's not just uh, opening up a little hole in the wall bar and uh, there's many, many moving parts to it. And, uh, and it is a real accomplishment in San Francisco now because all we saw before this was uh, gay bars closing down and gay clubs closing down. So it was really, really uh, refreshing to see how much support you got from people during the pandemic, that telethon and all that stuff. You know, can, can you feel that love from San Francisco? Absolutely. I mean, it's a, it was an amazing process to go through that and really have the community show up and, and make a stand and say, we want this no matter what, and we're going to make the money happen to save it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, even now, I, you know, the people that have come on as investors, you know, they let their money ride through a really uncertain time, you know, that they, they put in their money and then suddenly the pandemic hit. And, and I'm super grateful that they've all been in it for the long haul. And, and just, you know, the amount of people that even now just say, you know, thank you for the, the still being here. So it is great. I feel the love, but also with, with that, I feel the responsibility too. You know, I can't just give up now. I feel like this place has to survive 
you know, it's gotten bigger than me because of that. So, you know, I still want to do all these other creative things. And and by by really working to build a strong staff that can run it while I'm working on side projects here and there, I think is going to be the key for the longevity of the space. Uh, One other thing, one other uh, landmine of 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 being. Uh, in San Francisco as a very visible bar owner is that uh, I remember there was constant uh, danger of being called out or canceled or, you know, held up. So, and it's usually always by people who don't do anything themselves, who want to criticize the stuff you're doing. And uh, are you, (laughs) are you ever, do you ever feel like you're walking in a minefield of like, oh my God, all these and, and, you know, I, I, I will, I'm going to preface it by saying 99% of the people out there are supportive and you, and you hear it, but then there's always that, that 1% of, of people who want to call you out and just be, and just be a troll or whatever. Have you felt any of that? Are you terrified of being canceled? Are you terrified of this new, <laughs> these new kids? Right. So, <laughs> so I, it's, a, it's, yes, all of it, all of it, all of it. It's super real, and it's what we have to live with now. I mean, yeah. literally, you, you you put anything out there, you actually do anything, and somebody wants to um, get upset. And I, I blame reality TV because it is ingrained in a whole generation of people that – it's what we do is to tell someone off, tell someone how we feel. And that's what you're supposed to do. Like there's supposed to be arguments over things and they really don't need to happen. Right. But, but yes, I mean, we've gotten, we got called out for doing the vax. We were the first people to do the vax checks. Uh People like we had a whole campaign of people giving us one star Yelp reviews because of that. (laughs) So they had to to put shut down our reviews on Yelp Mm -hmm. because the anti-vaxxers were on a tirade. And then we opened up too soon. You know, both times we got really angry messages around, you know, you're risking the community by opening your venue, you know, right, even though right. it was masks and vax checks and everything, but everyone's going to have, you know, and of course, you know, we've had issues with all sorts of things, you know, at, at you know, of what we present. Because, you know, a lot of times we try very hard to sort of vet the parties we're bringing in. But it takes one person criticizing, like, oh, if that if that party booked someone who's canceled, and that party's canceled, <laughs> yes. and and it just it really yes. can just and and I think I do think a little bit that this cancel culture is starting to wear on people. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're still sensitive about it, but I think there's also like like everyone's getting a little bit. How far do we take this? Well, and, I, yeah. Yeah. And I also, if I'm, uh, when I'm on a soapbox, so often it comes within your own community. Like I hate that like the local San Francisco like drag community can easily cannibalize itself and go after each other when like go after fucking Marjorie Taylor Greene, go after some horrible, horrible yeah. people in the world, spend that energy on people that are really doing damage right. and maybe kindly help educate a few other people that are your kind of your brothers and sisters right down here in the trenches. Well, yeah, uh, unfortunately, and I've talked about this many times as Mark can attest to, I've talked about this with other people. Uh, uh, most liberal cities or liberal or most 
uh, most left-leaning people, they uh, they tend to lash out laterally at the closest thing to them, rather than seeing the big picture. So the the uh, the saying goes, you know, the right governs without shame, and the left shames without governing. Governing, and that's kind of why the left can never get anything accomplished because they do cannibalize each other so much. But uh, but I do agree with you that I, I don't seem to see as much of it as, as I used to. And the people who are really trolls don't don't tend to last long. No. You know, they, yeah, like the, no. the, the Lily Lamb does and the Speaking of which, I saw here in downtown Palm Springs. <laughs> oh shit, really? <laughs> Yes, I was uh, I was going into Sherman's and I was like, oh my God, it's like and, uh, just out, was, of, out of drag walking down the street. No, she was in Sherman, sitting in Sherman's eating with somebody and I would and I was seated really close to her, but I just turned my back to her. I was like, I'm not I'm just I'm going to give her dust. You know what I mean? But wow. uh, but but I mean, I've known people like that over the years, the ones who like to call every single thing out. And they just don't tend to really last, but it's the people who are doing things, who are creating things that, re- that really matter at the end of the day. So, um, you know, I, I know sometimes it can wear you down because you do try to do the best things and you're never going to make everybody happy. So, um, but I was just in, in a place, I was in the South recently and none of that stuff exists there. You know, uh, interesting. Where like the call out culture, or anything. It's kind of refreshing in a way. <laughs> but I, I think we need, we do need to call out real evil stuff. And I think you're right. People need to see the big picture, and they quite often do not. We need to call uh, out the real evil stuff, like like, like Lady Gaga, Gaga. Oh, like, no, like, like Lady Gaga getting snubbed for the Oscars. Okay, no, not quite that. <laughs> Maybe not All quite right. that. Maybe uh, maybe Trump and you know maybe yeah, maybe yeah, really yeah. evil stuff. No, there's but. so much horrible shit going on that like we should all be you know working really hard to right. stop, and we're not. You know, we're we're playing with our digital toys and watching the Netflix series. You know, and 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 fighting with each other and not dealing with the actual hard stuff that's out there. Right. Right. I mean, I think that accountability is important, like really not just sitting back and letting people have free for all, but really calling people out when, you know, things aren't appropriate and things have changed and we just have to deal with that. But but there's a there's a difference between, you know, calling people out in a positive way and reminding them and helping them change versus dragging them and canceling them and wanting to in their career over a yeah. misunderstanding or a misstep. There is something weird about that. Like you may have hurt somebody's feelings online. So in, so in, in return, I'm going to destroy your life. You know, it's just weird. It's weird. Like that they want to defend somebody's like feelings by assassinating somebody's character. Yeah. And it just I mean, something so like that is me. happening. Something like that is happening right now. Like someone, um, said something who's running for a position and said said they don't see color and what that was a very acceptable term a few years ago mm-hmm. and a way to pe- to be to speak to that and there's been a big backlash around that because people are now saying you should see color color should be um you know yeah okay to see and that's created quite a stir where even 
Juanita Moore had to write her whole newsletter about it. And, you know, I think this this person who said it, who's white, um, you know, has apologized many times and working um, on, you know, in quotes, do better. But mm-hmm. like that, those are the hard moments when like that was something that was fine to say for him and a lot of other people not too long ago, but now has turned a corner. And sometimes you don't know when those when those things have changed. And to be able to have a discussion without canceling the person, even if it's a hard discussion, is much better than just being like, okay, you're dead to me. Yeah, and, and I mean, to be to be honest, nobody is actually canceled anymore. Like, they always bounce back from it, unless you're Kevin Spacey or, uh, you know, unless you, we you know what I mean? People, people do end up, are you still there? You no, still there? I'm here. I'm, okay, okay. I'm imagining if I could, like, how, how cheap Kevin Spacey would be if I could get him for this. Oh, my God. Well, you know, I, uh, I, 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 I ultimately blame social media, not so much reality TV, mm-hmm. because social media has, has turned everything. In, it's a great leveling field where somebody in their basement behind their laptop can say something online, and it's taken just as seriously as, you know, I don't know, uh, somebody with a lot of prestige. So, uh, so it's it is the great leveling field where somebody's opinion can now reach you so quickly. Whereas, you know, before, thank God we didn't have any of this shit at Tranny Shack, you know, because- Oh no, oh my God. <laughs> thank God you didn't even have, you, there was no cameras and phones at Tranny Shack. <laughs> I had a great talk with Bob Ostertag uh, the other day about, about those days and how different it was. But anyway, we're going down- um, Oh, oh, you know, so, you know who oh. else I'm really excited about? We got- um, Amy Schneider from Jeopardy is going to come be interviewed on stage. Wait, was she the trans woman who was yes, who won like won the most money ever on Jeopardy? How much money did she win? Like in the millions. Oh wow! Hopefully, you're not paying her then. (laughs) Um, I think that she's going to donate the proceeds to a charity. Okay, all right. But I'm I just those are the kind of people that I would love to do more like interviews with. Yeah. People, you know, those kind of weird cultural icons that have sprung up sort of seemingly out of nowhere. That's also kind of a danger, too, for you and I, because I, I remember I felt I always had to try and stay in touch with what the young kids who are actually still going out wanted to see. Like, I remember like here in Palm Springs, everybody's my age. So uh, the the uh, the club downtown, they, they can book Lonnie Anderson and, uh, <laughs> and Angie Dickinson and all the people we love, you know, Lindsay Wagner, and people will go see it, but <laughs> they're not gonna go in. <laughs> you, think they, you don't think they'd come? I was looking at Lonnie Anderson. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I want her here. Okay, Mark, well, let's let's see. Mark, do you know who Lonnie Anderson is? Um, okay, there you have it. Damn it. There you have it. She was yeah, married yeah, to I Burt know, Reynolds, so. and she was on a show called WKRP in Cincinnati. She played Jennifer <laughs> with the hair. And she was also in a very short-lived um, uh, crime-fighting comedy with uh, Linda Carter called uh, Snoops. Wow. In the, in the mid-'80s. I don't even know if it ran the whole season. Ooh. But yeah, wow. if you ever get a chance to find some reruns of that, it's pretty fabulously dreadful. Oh God! Well, okay, Darcy. Thanks you. Thanks for coming on the uh, podcast today. I, I really just wanted to catch up. It's been 
kind of a while since we had you on here. And uh, so the stuff that's happening at Oasis, you know, we talked about some of the stuff like Drags Hot. We talked about Miss Pac-Man, the ongoing nightclubs rep uh, reparations and Princess. Heclina's grand opening is March 10th and 11th. Yes. Uh, we have the 23rd annual Mother's Star Search competition. Um, and uh, these, all these events and more can be found at sfoasis.com. And you can find me on on Facebook. Oh my God, we didn't even talk about the fact that Betty Davis, the the singer, died. I, you know, I remember that Betty Davis. You turned me on to her because you were really uh, into her when I first met you, and that's how that's how I heard her music. She, um, she was, she was great. like, yeah, like no one like her, and she'd been out of the public eye for so long. So it's sort of like she was didn't exist, but the fact that she now can never come back and do one final show is just so sad she was so forward and like really you know she pushed her own music in a time when women weren't at the front you know both as songwriters performers and producers and she did all of that recording in mill valley sausalito and san francisco and her backup singers were like the pointer sisters and sylvester oh yeah she was married to miles davis and supposedly got him hooked on heroin oh no um but uh also was an amazing fashion designer like she was really an awesome person and i really i'd love to do a ret- like a, a night of betty davis at the club do you think people would come or is she too mm-hmm. obscure no they wouldn't come i think people would i don't come. think they would come yeah. no they wouldn't come they uh, <laughs> like like okay mark did you know who betty davis was before she yes died? i did know who <laughs> betty davis was. i don't I, I, I have some of her records i don't i don't, I don't mean from whatever happened to baby jane <laughs> i know <laughs> But um, there's a couple of things. Yeah, a couple of things I, I have to think about. Like she got Miles Davis addicted to heroin. Really? Wasn't well, he ever, I mean, that was this was a blues guy, uh, a jazz guy that was around for. Well, OK. Well, maybe he got her addicted. I mean, maybe they all just blame the woman. I think that makes more you know? sense. But I, I do agree. Betty Davis is uh, was so underrated as well as Nona Hendrix. Somebody who yeah. uh, people never yeah. think about anymore, but you know she was in La Belle and she never got the attention she was. Anyway, so many people like that who are groundbreaking who um, paved the way. But uh, now we have we've come to the end of the podcast. Though, go to Darcy Drollinger on Instagram, Twitter at Darcy Drollinger, uh, sfoasis.com is the place to get tickets for all the events and to support Oasis. Uh, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Hecklina. If you love us, show it to anybody you can about drag time with Hecklina. You can give us a tip so Mark can keep the show going. Just go to drag time on Venmo or Cash App. Thank you to all of our listeners. And most of all, uh, for taking a break from her busy schedule. Thank you, Darcy Drollinger. Yay!